Welcome to the Spotting Ones podcast for your second part of the AFL preview for season 2019. Hey, Doss, how you doing, mate? Very well, Paulie. We uh, just had the round one of JLT and found out a little about about things that we didn't know and found out some things that we did know. So let's get into it. Yeah, look, it's uh, put um, some perspective on uh, maybe some of our previews and uh, maybe some players came to light as well in those games. So let's get straight into it. We did your bottom nine clubs from last season. Probably a little bit too much, a little bit, bit off more than we could choose. So this week we're just condensing it down a bit. We're going to do the next five clubs. So we're going to run through North Melbourne, Geelong, uh who was after that? It was the two Sydney clubs. It was Sydney and then GWS, and we'll finish off with the Hawks. Very nice. Uh, so we'll start with North Melbourne, and the little catchy head, uh, headline that you've got here is, are the Kangaroos on the rebound? Mm, I think they might be. Uh, let's have a look at their ins, and I think that might be as to why they could be on the rebound. They've added some speed and they've added some inside grunt. So they've added Jared Pollock from Port Adelaide, who I obviously I know very well. They've added Jasper Pittard, who was the steak knives part of the deal. They've added Aaron Hall from uh, Gold Coast Suns, who we both rate pretty highly as a midfielder. Didn't probably live up to the hype at Gold Coast. Dom Tyson from Melbourne, uh, tough inside mid. And then through the draft, they've got Taron Thomas, Curtis Taylor, and two familiar last names that North Melbourne fans will be familiar with, Bailey Scott and Joel Crocker, both father-sons. Hmm. Yeah, definitely uh, interested to see how Jared Pollock goes. He had a bit of a breakout season last year with Port Adelaide, definitely his best season to date. And Aaron Hall's an intriguing one. He's uh, full of talent. He's been marred by um, a perceived lack of defensive abilities. But um, listening to him speak about that, he's very eloquent the way that he states his deficiencies and he knows that he's working very hard on it. So I think uh, he's going to be proving a few people wrong this year. And uh, Dom Tyson's another one who probably just lacked opportunity in the right spots for him as a player in Melbourne. But uh, he should get that position uh, to make his own and he should have a real go at it this year. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know that Aaron Hall really needs to, um, I guess in a ruse midfield that consists of Zeeble and uh, Cunnington, that defensive aspect probably doesn't come to mind too much. Um, with their outs, they've got rid of a bit of a deadwood. So Billy Hartung only lasted a year um, and then he was gone. Mitch Hibbard got a few opportunities, didn't really uh, live up to the hype. Alex Morgan, Declan Mountford... Daniel Nielsen, Gordon Naria, I think is his name, Oscar Junker, Tom Jeffries, Josh Williams, and Jared Waite retired. So they got rid of a lot of Deadwood that was sort of just hanging around on their list and brought in all those players. So you'd think from that, North Melbourne could move up this season. The players to watch, well, Sean Higgins, that's a no-brainer. He is uh, the Rolls-Royce of that midfield, that's for sure. Interesting to see how Aaron Hall goes, as we've said. Ben Brown, second in the Coleman. Looked like he was going to win the Coleman for a long time and just sort of didn't do as well in the second part of the year as the first part. Dom Tyson as well, uh, Jared Polak. And I really want to watch because he sort of was one of the ones that came to fruition in this JLT first round. Luke Davies-Uniaki. He had a few chances last year, but I think the second year might be his best yet. Yeah, and he was a high uh, draft pick last year in the first round. And, um, yeah, I think you've you've nailed, 
now the players to watch there. Ben Brown, he sort of ran out of momentum as did North Melbourne. They were in the top top eight for the first half of the season and then fell away a bit as teams sort of worked them out maybe. But um, yeah, I think they're a real chance of improving on last year, especially with the talent that they brought in. And really, Jared Waite is the biggest loss out of all those players that you ran through and a lot of the other ones were just untried youngsters. So... Yeah, I think they've they've definitely in the positive over the off season. Yeah, no, definitely. And it'd be interesting to see how they go with this new kick and rule as Jamie McMillan, who'd probably never got near forty touches in his life, got up to forty touches in the JLT Cup and I think basically on the back of kicking out from full back. So uh, it looks like he might be the designated kicker. All right, last year they finished ninth with twelve wins and ten losses just outside the eight. Where am I putting them this year? That is an interesting point. Um I'm going to put them in seventh. Okay, big call. I did say that they'd improve, and I think they will have a better year than last year, maybe take some uh, bigger scouts perhaps, uh, even though that wasn't really a problem from last year. But um, I'm going to say ninth, unfortunately, and just finish just outside the eight. Well, you're not... You- you're basically putting them in the new Richmond spot. Are they the new Richmond? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, maybe. So uh, who knows? Maybe in a couple of years they might win a flag out of nowhere. All right. So one's got them in the eights and one's got them out of the eights. So we've got seventh and ninth. So that's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. Uh, going into the next club, which is... I just want to say um, for North Melbourne, they do have all the structure there in place because their defensive um, tools are very good in Tarrant and Thompson. How they start off the year is going to be a bit of a mystery though because Tarrant is in doubt for round one and Scotty Thompson is suspended for the first two rounds, I think. So they might have a bit of trouble um, containing the the taller forwards of their first few opponents. But uh, at the other end, uh, Ben Brown's a great target. So I think they, they do have the structure there to, to kick winning scores and to stop uh, opposition's Mm, okay, that's very good to uh, look at and understand for those first couple of rounds as to whether North Melbourne can negotiate that. All right, so the next club, Geelong. Yes, Geelong, uh, a team that's historically done very well over the last uh, 10 to 15 years uh, and probably even before that just didn't win enough flags. Um and the headline that you've got, another catchy one, is can the Cats claw their way back to the top? Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure on Geelong. It's, they're a bit of a, how do I put it, probably unknown commodity on last season. Given my prediction for them last year was premiers and they fell well, well short of that. And that's made me gun shy for this season. Yeah, they did have a disappointing season. Um, there's a lot of talent in that in that team, and, and bringing in Gary Abbott last year, they probably thought that was almost the secret to success, but it didn't really turn out that way. And um, yeah, they they just sort of lacked the consistency throughout the season. They they had a lot of poor games, a lot of poor starts, and yeah, found themselves in in positions that they weren't really used to and uh, probably almost lucky to make the finals in the end. Um, So, yeah, I think uh, they do have a lot of good talent there. Um, And do you just want to run through what they've added and what they've got 
rid of. Yeah, so the ins. So they've picked up Gary Rowan from Sydney. A bit of speed for their forward line. Probably a bit more mobile than uh, Daniel Menzel. Uh, Luke Dowhouse from the Bulldogs will add a bit of bite also in that forward line. He probably is coming off his... You usually say career best seasons, but he's probably coming off his career worst season. Uh, Nathan, and then it's basically a whole host of draft picks. So Nathan Kruger, Jordan Clark, who looked quite impressive in the JLT Cup, uh, Ben Jarvis, Jacob Kennelly. Darcy Fort from SA is one to watch as he could really be a ruck option for them uh, going forward this season. Uh Jake Tarker and Oscar Brownless, another father-son, son of Billy, but does not play as a forward. He is definitely a midfielder. Mm. Yeah, and it's interesting to see what they've added. Uh, Gary Rowan's an interesting case. He does have flashes of brilliances, but uh, he really goes missing for large chunks of games and uh, hasn't really at any point shown the consistency over a four-quarter game to really say that he's lived up to the talent that he has. He's uh, got a lot of pace. Obviously, he's had a lot of uh, injury troubles along the way as well. But, um, yeah, maybe with a bit of continu- continuity and uh, a change of location, maybe he can find uh, finally live up to that potential. Much like the Kangaroos, Geelong's got a lot of uh, rid of a lot of Deadwood on their list. So some of it you'd say Deadwood, some of it you'd say mm, one man's trash is another man's treasure. So Lincoln McCarthy's uh, gone to Brisbane. Uh, George Holland Smith has gone to the Gold Coast Suns. Jackson Thurlow to Sydney, and Daniel Menzel also to Sydney. Uh, Aaron Black's been delisted. Stuart Cramery delisted. Ryan Gardner, Corey Gregson. Matthew Habel, Tim House, and Jordan Murdoch. So they've really had a turnover of players, much like North Melbourne. Yeah, and uh, on the outside, it looks just like a lot of fringe players for them, really, probably with the exception of Dan- Daniel Menzel, who regularly commanded a, a best 22 gig. Um, so they lose Menzel around about 30 to 40, uh, 40 goals a year, which hurts. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest loss for them. And Lincoln McCarthy, he looked uh, really good. He looks like he's injury-free, so that could be one that they rue as well. Mm, I guess what they're thinking from a list perspective is they've tried to replace that with Gary Rowan and Luke Dowhouse in the, I guess, the same emphasis. Maybe Dowhouse plays more that midfield role and then Ablett plays forward to replicate maybe perhaps what Menz or McCarthy would have given them. That's the only thing I can think of from a um, from that perspective. Players to watch, well, it's a no-brainer. Uh, we always want to watch the danger man, Patrick Dangerfield, uh, Gary Ablett uh, as well. Tim Kelly, I don't know how Geelong, that was the running story of the whole transfer period that he was going to end up at your mob, West Coast, Never got it done, and somehow he's still back there. So you'd have to think he's going to put in a barnstorming season to again put himself in that shop window to get back to WA, and hopefully you'll have something to give them this year. Uh, Luke Dowhouse, just want to see how he goes. He's a, he is a great player, Dowhouse, when he's on. When he's off, he's quite average. So want to see the best of him. And Naki Cockatoo, the guy is so talented. If only he could keep his body right. I think he does a hamstring about every three or four weeks. He just can't get on the park. And that was the issue with Lincoln McCarthy. So if he can stay fit, then it's uh, then it's going to be happy days for Geelong. They finished eighth last year, as you said, probably on the back of 
a soft draw at the end of the last season that they managed to sneak in the eight and finish third with 13 wins and nine losses. I just don't know where I've got them this year. Mm, yeah, they are a tough one to rate because, as we said before, they do have a lot of talent and uh, don't underestimate a fit Patrick Dangerfield. He uh, sort of struggled through large parts of last season with uh, a back complaint, which really limited his uh, ability to, to stay on ball for, for long periods. So if he's up and going, which uh, all signs are pointing to, yes, he is, then, yeah, that makes a huge difference to them because he can do it in any position so, yeah, uh, I'm going to have to put them in eighth. In eighth. All right, I've... Uh... A season that's going to probably replicate a lot of last year, I think. Yeah, I on the back of that, I've got them, and Cats fans are going to hate me. I've got them in ninth. I just, if they have the same as last year, I don't think they'll get us lucky. And so it's probably... Just that fact that that gets them, uh, that gets them out of the eight. Well, it's going to be interesting to see where their goals come from because there was a huge reliance on uh, Tom Hawkins last year, and he had a fantastic end to the season, and uh, I'm sure that he can carry on that that form again. Um, yeah, so it's just is Gary Rowan going to make a lot of difference? Not sure. Can um, they sort of? Have a makeshift forward line, maybe with Harry Taylor and uh, I forget the other player's uh, name. Who Henry, I think it was, who who showed some good signs last year. He's a a pretty good contested mark, so um, maybe he might be able to take it take it up a notch again and and kick some more goals. But um, yeah, it's a little bit of well, I suppose Gary Ablett too is going to help, isn't it? So yeah, between between them, they could probably yeah maybe find a winning score more often than not. but uh, Yeah, oh, I mean, obviously, they've got Henderson as well, um, who can float yeah, forward. He's more of a defender, and he definitely plays better down back. That's where his best footy is, so you'd be reluctant to, to take him from there. I, I guess the thing for mine, and the thing that sort of worried me last year with them is, and they still haven't addressed it, they, they haven't gone hard after anyone. Um they just lack that ruck to give them that dominance. Mm, they probably think that they've got all the talent there because they do. They've got some pretty household names. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they've got the household names, but, I mean, in terms of the ruck, they haven't had a decent ruckman since they let Shane Mumford go, mm. which is probably one of the worst looking back as much as they've done so well with their trade periods. That's probably one of the worst ones they had is getting rid of Mumford because it's really ro- robbed them of the last six years of having a quality ruckman, if not more. Yeah, and uh, they they found other avenues to win, but um, at the moment we think that yeah, the, the ruck is going to be a bit of an issue because they still haven't really got a definitive number one ruck at the moment. It'll probably be Stanley, but um, you know he's sort of one good game in in three or four, so. Well, it's between Stanley, it's between um, Abbott, it's between Darcy Fort. So they've got, I mean, they've got a few options, but yeah, they're not standout names by any sense. Mm. All right, so that's going to take us to Sydney Swans. And this one is an interesting, interesting club as to where they're at. Because every time you write them off, which I've done several times over the last 10 years, they prove you wrong. Mm. 
yeah, and I think I will be writing him off, which will uh, probably no doubt come back to bite me. But um, yeah, I mean, they're always competitive. We know that about Sydney. So yeah, uh, the headline that you've got for these guys is another premiership, a bridge too far. Is that a uh, reference to the Sydney Harbour Bridge, is it? You've got a smile on your face like you've just come up with the best pun you've ever had. <laughs> Look, I don't know about the best pun. It is up there. I was thinking more it's in line with the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Yes, they're in the Harbour City and also a bit of a um, Simpsons catchphrase, as you'd know. Mm, yes, very good. Um, so, Sydney, let's have a look at the ins. And they're not great. They're okay. So, they've picked up Ryan Clark from North Melbourne, um, which will give him a bit of pace from half-back line, perhaps. Jackson Thurlow, again, as we alluded to, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Daniel Menzel, who should complement Buddy quite well up there, but both being in rehab for most of the summer doesn't particularly bode that well. They've managed to snare Nick Blakey, uh, son of John Blakey, away from North Melbourne because his father is there, so perhaps a bit of an influence there for Sydney. Uh, James Rowbottom, Justin McInerney and Zach Foote, the outs. So they've lost Dan Hanabry, but I'm not sure that's as big a loss as what it would have been a couple of years ago. I'm not sure he's in the form or the fitness that he had when he was, say, 26, 27. It's a risk for St Kilda, as we alluded to, and maybe Sydney feel like they've got a bit of a weight they can give a bit more youth a go. Nick Newman's gone to Carlton. Gary Rowan, again, a bit of a swap with the Menzel and Thurlow almost in a way, uh, going to Geelong. They've lost Jake Brown. Jordan Foote, uh, I thought he was a decent acquisition but uh, in the draft, but obviously they thought not. Alex Johnson, the sad story, uh, six-knee Rico was just too much for Sydney to cope with. Uh, Harry Marsh, Daniel Robinson, Angus Styles, and Dean Towers. So they've lost a lot of fringe players there. Yeah, they have, and it's kind of like their ins almost met, uh, mirror their outs in mm. a way. Um, yeah, I'm not really excited by many of the, of the ins. Uh, I think Menzel will be good, but as you said, uh, he's had a, a very stop-start uh, pre-season, so it's anyone's guess how he's going to adjust to, to Sydney, and it could be a lot like it was at Geelong and just be out for, for large periods, come back, sort of play the role, but not really set the world on fire. Um, I do like Jackson Thurlow. I think he wasn't really given the opportunities um, that he might have at other clubs at Geelong, probably because they had a lot of depth in midfield. So we'll see if he, he can sort of add add to their midfield. Or the, I think they might be playing him in defence to start with, so it's anyone's guess to see how we go. Um, Nick Blakey is the big one. He That is a steal for them because he was rated, I think, in the top five and um, they managed to get him with the father-son, which was... Uh, a huge win for them, but uh, obviously he probably won't have uh, the influence that they want from him from his first season, but definitely in years to come. Yeah, I think he was part of the what's called the Sydney Academy because of where John was working, and that enabled them to get in front position ahead of North Melbourne uh, in snare and probably Brisbane because he was part of Fitzroy um, ahead. Um, in getting him. So they did quite well there. Players to watch, I found this extremely hard going through their list, other than the norm of Kennedy and Parker, but they're not players you necessarily go to the go to the matches to watch. They're, well, Parker, they're, arguably. Oh, they're solid blue-collar players. Um, 
So I've come up with Daniel Menzel to see how he goes in his first season. He can be really, really exciting. Uh, I rated him when he first came on the scene as a potential Brownlow medalist, but unfortunately for Nero Ecos, is going to wreck that um, chance. Callum Mills, uh, coming back from a serious injury, I think he can add a lot to their depth through midfield and defence and also their composure. He's quite calm on the ball. Again, another one who was injured last year, Sam Reid. When he's in there and up forward, despite the fact that he might miss a goal from 20 metres out straight in front, he gives them a structure and he gives Buddy a chop out. It means that the second defender has to be wary of Sam Reid. Otherwise, he can, like he has done before, kick six goals in, in a match. Lance Franklin, obvious buddy. We all want to see him play. He's that brilliant. The other one I've got is Alir Alir. They really missed him last year. He was off the boil with form and off-field issues. And just towards the back end of last season, he did get back in the side and they were much better for it. Yeah, I'm glad that you've got him on there. I think it was maybe three seasons ago where he sort of uh, flashed onto the scene and he looked like being a star and then... uh, I might be wrong here, but I think he went almost a year without playing any any footy for Sydney, or not much anyway. And then, as you said, last year he was showing the signs again that he is a star and it's anyone's guess why he wasn't in the team before that. So, um, yeah, I think the one that you don't have down there that I want to make mention is Isaac Heaney, who was a huge, huge player for them and he's had a great preseason and uh, he can be put in the midfield up forward, maybe even behind the ball. He's um, got a lot of strings to his bow, and I think he's set for a huge year. Yeah, I probably did miss that, or it could have been the fact that I see too many topless pictures of him in preseason. That could be the other reason as to why I haven't put him down there. Well, he but a great body, so why not flaunt it? Well, yeah, okay, most AFL players have got good rigs. Let's not deny it. Um, so, yeah, Isaac Heaney, yeah, definitely add to that list. Um, flexible wherever he plays brilliant wherever he plays, but they don't have enough of him. That's the unfortunate fact. So they finished. It looked like for so long they were going to miss the finals. And this is where we get hurt riding them off. Somehow, out of nowhere, they pulled two wins, two upset wins. I think they upset Richmond, didn't they? There was one against Melbourne where if you watch the first quarter, it was one where Alex Johnson did his knee again and they looked an absolute mess. And then after quarter time... Melbourne were all over them, but after quarter time, they came out and they were all over over Melbourne. It was a complete flip-flop that I was watching and I just couldn't believe it. So, yeah, I think I even had a bet on Melbourne, a live bet, because I was that convinced that Sydney weren't going <laughs> to finish them off, but uh, they did. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're that sort of team that they just have that amazing... Uh, Spirit, mm, and that and that's the that's the issue, and that's why you find it so hard to rate them because their list to me screams out between where they finished seventh and somewhere around thirteenth, fourteenth. It, it could be any one of those. They got fourteen wins and eight losses. Buddy was coming off a fantastic preseason last year. He's had exactly the opposite this year, which worries me with how they start off. Given they usually start off well and tail off. I, I hate to say it, and it's going to come back to bite me, I know. I've got to put them in 12th. Mm, yeah, I'm thinking the same. I've, we're going to have to probably reshuffle our, our predictions at the end of it. Um, but, yeah, I've got them in similar similar territory. I'm thinking, yeah, 11th to 12th. Uh, I'd probably swap Fremantle. 
below right. them. And so I you, haven't been 11th, I reckon. So you've got Sydney in 11th. All right, so 11th and 12th. But no doubt it will come back to, to haunt us. Yeah, no doubt. We'll sit back at the end of this and go, yep, they did it again. So Sydney... 12th and 11th wow yeah you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have thought that a while ago um which is yeah i guess probably the buddy deal has hamstrung them a bit with how flexible they are and moving players and getting players in yeah. and out they do have a, a great history of of picking up these these players from other teams and, and turning them into stars again but um i just can't see it with the players that they brought in this year yeah i guess i mean that that's their thing maybe they see something in ryan clark that north melbourne didn't and that we don't gws so to the other side of sydney and not really they weren't really big players in getting players in but they were huge players in getting players out and that may be systematic of their salary cap constraints and perhaps what lies ahead with their two big free agents in Coniglio and Kelly. Yeah. So let's go through it. Yeah. So um, their ins were just probably a big uh, lot of draft picks, I think. Uh, Jason Jackson, Jackson Hately, Jar Caldwell, who did uh, play quite well on the JLT, um, Xavier. What is that? Oh, Harbrow. O'Halloran. O'Halloran, Ian Hill, Kieran Briggs, Connor Iden. So a lot of players that uh, were just drafted. Mm. Oh, yeah, Jackson Haitley's one uh, coming from SA, Central District's lad. Uh, he could be a bit of a fine. Jai Caldwell, as you said, JLT looked very impressive. Can they finally become giants of the AFL, though, with those ins? Mm, perhaps. Not on the back of those ins, I don't think, because uh, obviously they're all untried youngsters at this stage, but uh, they still have a lot of talent on the list. And, um, yeah, if they can find a, a big enough forward to, to kick to, then uh, perhaps. All right, so they're outs. This is where it becomes interesting. So you have to think they're planning for big contracts at Kelly and Caniglio, Whitfield down the line, Hopper, Taranto. They've got all those players to consider. Dylan Shield went to Essendon, apparently only just in the last minute because it could have been Carlton. Rory Lobb went to Fremantle, so he went back home, which robs him of a bit of a ruck um, advantage. Now, I did forget to mention in the inns, which I mm, didn't write down, oh, Big I'm Mummy, he's made a return after some powder sniffing and whatnot. And, and uh, clubbing, <laughs> clubbing bikes when he gets back into the team. <laughs> exactly. Uh, something that Mummy does well. He fair flattened George Hewitt and didn't even get a week for it. Yeah, thank you, Michael Christian, I think he'd be saying. And, yeah, so he's back in. So it'll be interesting to see how... If Mummy can play the full season and whether that, that's what they've got him earmarked for. Outs, as I said, Roy Lobb, which robs them of that, but they got Shane Mumford in. Will Setterfield, a former number two draft pick. Again, they've lost another one of those. He's gone to Carlton. Tom Scully, a former number one draft pick. Be interested to see how he goes. He's at Hawthorne. Tim Moore, they let go, and Hawthorne picked him up as a delisted free agent, I think. And Lachlan Tazani and Ryan Griffin retired. Interesting, very interesting season for them, I think, ahead. I still rate them highly because of two players in particular that I've said already twice to three times. Josh Kelly, Stephen Coniglio, probably one of the best midfield duos going around, if not the best. 
it'd be up there. I don't know if it's the best, um, but yeah, they're two classy players. They're both different players in a way because uh, Kelly's that sort of outside, just full of class, Rolls-Royce. Canigolo's the tough in and under, but he can also do it on the outside as well. So um, yeah, two great players. Uh, Tim Taranto is another one who I think is going to have a massive season. He's going to basically replace uh, Dylan Schill and he'll do a great job of it into his third year. He had a great season last year and he's still primed to go bigger and better this year, I think. And um, yeah, I think the big thing for them is their forward line. I think Toby Green is a huge part of that and his fitness. I'm just wondering who they're going to kick it to now without Rory Lobb. Well, I mean, you've got Jeremy Cameron. Now, hopefully he can stay fit and not belt blokes behind play. Yeah. Uh, that, would, that would help massively. Um, you've got, as you said, Toby Green up there. Zach Langdon was very impressive last year. Bit of mongrel, bit almost like a Toby Green type of... Uh, clone in a way without a the man's Toby Green, a poor a poor man's Toby Green, but without the stupid axe, um, which which doesn't cost you weeks. So um, that's probably a positive in Zach Landon's eyes. Um, and obviously they've got Phil Davis at the other end, probably one of the best fullbacks in the competition. And if it wasn't for the hype around Alex Rance and others, he'd probably be high, uh, much higher rated. Um, the players to watch, I mean, they're plentiful. Josh Kelly, Jeremy Cameron, Stephen Coniglio, Toby Green. Uh, they've got Zach Williams back, which is huge off their halfback line. Releases a bit of pressure on old man, he's sure. Uh, Lockie Whitfield, Tim Taranto, Jacob Hopper. Isaac Cumming looks like he's coming along. And then you've got Jai Coldwell, who's coming. They've still got the ingredients of a club that can finish in the top four. Yeah, and uh, my apologies to Jeremy Cameron because I forgot what a huge presence he is. And make no mistake, if uh, this new forward line uh, structure rule, that's only going to help him with uh, the less defenders coming across to spoil, i.e. Harris Andrews. Um, But yeah, I think uh, they've definitely got a lot of talent and yeah, they can still make the finals, I think. Did you deliberately lead up to that with a, uh, just that little Harris Andrews just cross reference? Given that I'd raised the six week ban just before, <laughs> no, it all it just came to a head, mate. But uh, yeah, I think they can make the finals still. I don't know how deep they can go, but um, yeah, there's they're going to be a quality outfit this year. Well, we know how deep Mummy can go, as we've seen by the pictures. Um, so season finish, they finished sixth last season with thirteen wins, eight losses, and one draw, and they were. They were close to being finishing in the top four, despite the fact that the midway point of the season, I think they're in 10th or 11th. They came home like a freight train last year, GWS. Mm. Um, on the back of pretty much they got Josh Kelly back and Coniglio. And you know what? They've really not had a season where everything goes right. They are just always have their star players injured and they, they never have continuity. So it's any... It's really uh, a testament that they've done as well as they have, really. I know that they've got a lot of help along the way, but um, they certainly haven't had any uh, help from the injury gods, that's for sure. I still think 2016 was their year and they missed it on the back of that Stevie J suspension because I guarantee if he played in that match, they win it and they go on to a grand final, Um, which would have been interesting given it would have been a Sydney derby. So, interesting where we're going to put them. 
where am I going to put these boys? You know what? I'm going to back them in to go sixth again. Mm. Yeah. Looking at my options, I'm going to say six for them as well because I think uh, that they'll make finals. Um, yeah, but uh, how they go in finals, I'm not sure. Oh, wow. Okay, we've both agreed there. That's a bit strange. Um, not sure where I go from here. Um, we've both put them in sixth. So we both rate them as a finals contender. It's just a matter of how deep they can go once, uh, once those finals start. All right, so our last club. This is a bit better, isn't it? A little bit. Uh, get a bit of a breath in this one. Our last club for the second part of our season preview. And if you're liking what you're hearing... Uh, follow on uh, Facebook, on the Sporting One's Facebook page or on Instagram at the Sporting One or on Twitter at uh, one underscore sporting. And uh, available, this podcast is available on all the following formats, Spotify, Anchor, CastBox, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. You're going to have that memorised by the end of uh, this series. Um, And, yes, your friend did uh, pose a question to us about filling a uh, best A team with all the clubs. Yeah, Uh, so we're going to have to address that. I think we'll address that in our last one when we do the top four clubs from last year, Mm -hmm. Uh, when we also give our predictions on Brownlow, uh, Rising Star, leading goal kicker type thing. Yeah. Yeah, one player we've got to pick. Now, I'm gonna, we're actually going to make it more difficult for ourselves. We're going to do it ourselves, both on our own, rather than doing it collaboratively, and come up with it. One player from each club in all 18 positions. Mm. That is going to be tough. It, it's a good one. I like it. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's a challenge, but yeah, thanks to, to your mate for yeah. sending that in. He also had some criticism on, on your opinion of Tex as well, but uh, we'll <laughs> leave that for another day. So Hawthorne. The last club in this, and I've got a few Hawthorne mates, and they're going to absolutely be filthy with me after we finish with this. Mm, yeah, well, uh, the headline here that you've got, are the Hawks clipped for 2019? And I, I have a feeling that you're probably uh, saying that on the back of uh, an injury to Tom Mitchell, maybe. Yeah, I think their wings might be clipped for 2019. I, look, it, it's tough because they have lost... Look, you lose the Brownlee medalist who had nine... Did he get something like 900 disposals last year? Oh, probably. It was probably even 1,000. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> so how do you structure yourself up to replace that? You, you can't. It's got to be a collaborative effort. Yeah. I'm not sure they've got the players behind that. Given it's Jaeger O'Meara who's had his injury problems, given it's Liam Shields who's a good blue-collar midfielder, uh... I just don't know that they've got enough depth running behind it. Mm, yeah, I think you're right. They will they will sorely miss uh, the great Tom Mitchell's 45 position, possessions a game. Um, and, yeah, you have to wonder where they're going to make up those sort of numbers. I think uh, James Warple is, is one, but maybe he might be a season too early um, from really making his mark. But... Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a lot is going to be left on the shoulders of uh, Jago O'Meara. Pretty impressive shoulders as well. But um, oh, you've seen his shoulders as well as uh, Isaac Henning's rig. Yes, and the guns that he possesses. Uh, so if um, if he can do it all, maybe. But uh, yeah, he, he's shown uh, an incredible sub stability. 
what's the word I'm looking for? Susceptibility to uh, to injury. Nice, nice, nice. Good comeback. So, ins. Uh, Chad Wingard from Port Adelaide, who, to be honest, I wasn't disappointed with him leaving. Uh, Tom Scully from GWS. Tim Moore from GWS, but rookie listed. Jack Scrimshaw, who could be a bit of a steal from the Gold Coast Suns. Jacob Kaczynski, yes, that's right, Kaczynski, uh, nephew of uh, the old uh, Justin Kaczynski and Matthew Walker. The outs, Ryan Burton to Port Adelaide. Um, he was, unfortunately, the pawn in the Chad Wingard deal. Taylor DeRay to the Bulldogs. And then it's a mixture of, again, those fringe players that have just had their time. Um, Kurt Heatherly, uh, Jonathan O'Rourke, who was a former number two draft pick, probably one of their very few trades that haven't worked out for the Hawks. Uh, Kieran Lovell, uh, Brendan Whitecross, um, who had been a really, really serviceable player, unfortunately missed out on all the premierships due to uh, multiple knee injuries. Dallas Willsmore and then Cyril Rioli retired last year and the other trade that never worked out, uh, Ty Vickery as he retired as well. Players to watch. That's if he gets on the park because he's had calf issues this whole preseason. My feeling is that's because he's had to work a lot harder than what he had to at Port Adelaide and his body just wasn't up to it. So Chad Wingard. If he gets going, there's no doubt with the injuries they've got, he will play midfield, not forward, correct? Yes, probably. But uh, will his body be able to um, hold up, do you think? Well, that's the thing. He's been pushed harder than he probably has been before. Mm, yeah, there's, a, <laughs> there's a, a bit of a tone coming across with uh, Shane Wingard. You're not exactly happy with him, are you? Well, look, when Kane Corns comes out two seasons in a row, who are, yes, um, I know a lot of you think he's a flog and all this, and he cops it a lot. I like him. I, I do as well. And Kane has been in the Port Adelaide system, so he knows what Chad has done and not done. And he's two seasons in a row, he comes out and says, Chad's not up to the fitness level he should be. Well, then that says a lot to me. Mm, yeah, he's a straight shooter, Kane. Um, so, yeah, if he... He did uh, seem, Chad Wingard, a little bit, um, what's the word, scarred by what happened. So maybe it's his his chance to turn it all around and uh, shove it in the faces of all the Paul Rose out there. Yeah, and Port LA fans, which I'm no doubting he probably will. Uh, I've got no doubts that he probably will eventually um, turn it on at Hawthorne, that's for sure. James Warple, as we alluded to, he was very impressive at the back end of last season. I think he started the same way. He's got those uh, that that hair, that sort of uh, growth on the face as well that makes him recognisable. You're not going to miss him out there. Uh, what number season is it for him? Number two. Mm, okay, yep. You're thinking second-year blues? Uh, not second-year blues, but I think, um, yeah, maybe just one season shy of really uh, making his mark. Yeah. It was very impressive last year, though, it has to be said. Well, he's going to be exposed, so we'll see what he's made of. Tom Scully, look, he's on a long, long road from recovering. I think what Hawthorne have selected him for or picked him up for is not for this season, but for seasons going forward. But don't... Is underestimate. That, is, that, is that the right club to turn his fitness troubles around, mm. though? That's for sure. Look, I think his best will come towards the back end of this season and probably next season. Jack Scrimshaw is an interesting one. He could go straight in and play a bit of a role. Uh, I've got him as a player to watch. James Sicily. If you don't like watching him play, I don't know what uh, 
he, he either you either hate him or you love him. Mm-hmm. He's that type of player, and he could play forward or back, and he could switch with the other player I've got to watch, who's Jack Gunston. Mm. And uh, you don't have either of Jago Amira or Liam Shields there either. Yeah, Liam Shields isn't really a player to watch, and Jago Amira, yeah, you're probably right. I probably left him out, but uh, I was focusing on more who they'd brought in and who was uh, perhaps... Oh, under so that. Isaac Smith's another one that you've miss, missed out there too. He's a loping winger that loves to kick a goal. Oh, yeah, no, I did miss him out. Okay, so all right. So Isaac Smith and um, Jager Amir is the other uh, ones we want to uh, have a look at as well. Mm. Yeah, and uh, it's a season with a lot of question marks at this stage for Hawthorne. Um, they do still have a lot of good players. Ben Stratton, we should make mention, uh, just got made uh, the captain. Um, which was an interesting one. He's a bit of a quiet personality, but you never know what goes on at a club inside the walls. He's probably a very big figure, and being in the defence, he can obviously see the whole game unfold ahead of him, which is a good thing. Well, here's the thing for you. I've actually rated him their most important player for the last three or four years running because whenever he is out of that side injured, their defence falls apart. Mm, Yeah, so he's a bit of a marshal back there, that's for sure. Um. And yeah, they they still got Jack Gunson who punches above his weight, I think. Uh, but he does it so well. Um, kicks multiple bags. Uh, Jared Roughhead, he is one to watch, I think, in the sense that is he starting to decline? I don't know. Maybe. Well, I mean, the, the talk that is over the preseason is that one of the uh, areas that they could solve their midfield issue is with playing him in the midfield. Yeah, okay, that's an interesting one. Um, probably exposes Gunson a little bit there without the other tall target. But um, And then we've got another player that I forgot to put on there, okay. up forward. No, I'm missing it. Luke. Oh, Luke Bruce, yeah. Here's another avenue to go. And, um, yeah, this 6-6-6 rule probably really um, suits those sort of players. Mm. And probably Jack Gunson too, to be fair. Mm, exactly, quick off the mark, uh, good skills, can expose um, defences, that's for sure. So last year they finished fifth. Um, I, well, they ended up fifth. They finished fourth in the minor, uh, minor round, but they got knocked out in the straight sets. So they finished fifth, 15 wins and seven losses. Jeez, Hawthorne fans are going to absolutely hate me. I'm going to get absolutely destroyed for this. Um, I'm going to put them in 13th. They they they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna come for me. They're gonna come for me, Kane style. Yeah, I think um, they really looked out of their depth last year in the final series. They, having said that, they were up against uh, some pretty red hot sides and um, in Richmond and then Melbourne. So um, they were tested against the best. Um, but yeah, without Tom Mitchell this year, and it really remains to be seen who's going to step up and, and take take his possessions and, and help the team. So I'm going to have to put them low as well, looking at my uh, my list. But again, it's probably going to have to be a reshuffle somewhere. Um, the only spot I've got for him down the ladder is 14th. I don't think they'll finish that low, so I, I will have to reshuffle it. But um, I do see them missing the finals this year. So 
Yeah. I think you've got them pretty much the same as what I've got them, I'd say. Mm. Yeah, so the Hawks fans will not be liking this at all. And then Port fans will hate you even more. Um, <laughs> or Frio fans. Um, so I think we'll both settle on probably 13th with them, um, unfortunately. And that's going to finish our five club preview for part two of our AFL season preview for 2019. Next week... We've got the top four clubs from last year. Mm. We've got uh, Mel... How many spots left do we have on our ladder? Well, there's... Oh, got yeah, there, there should be only four spots left, and I think they're all going to be inside the eight. Uh, well, yeah, they actually, having a look at it, they will be all inside the eight. Very predictable, isn't it? Yeah, so we've got uh, Richmond, who finished fourth. We've got Melbourne, who finished third. We've got... Collingwood, of course, who finished second. And, of course, you'll be very excited. You'll be pumped up for next week. You'll have West Coast uh, in your season preview. Still not really sure where I'm going to rate them just yet, but I'll have a, I'll have a think about it. What, Tom Hickey doesn't excite you? Uh, not as much, but I'm not as worried about that as you are. Yeah, no, probably not. Um, and so that'll be an awesome uh, end to our season preview series. We'll also have our rising star leading goal kicker uh, and we'll address that question of the uh, one player from each club in the 18. And then I guess we'll have to provide a bench of some sort. Well, I don't think that was in the challenge, so we won't even worry about the bench. Okay, no bench at all. <laughs> Stuff the bench, right? Brilliant. Um, although, isn't there twenty? Hang on, isn't there twenty-two players on the field now, or am I just getting confused? No, it's eighteen and four, of course. Yeah, six, 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 of course. Right. So let's forget the bench. We'll just do that, and so we'll look forward to doing the final part of our preview next week. And if you've got any questions or you've got any quirky sort of uh, requests like that one that came through, then uh, definitely send it through. And you can send it through on Instagram at The Sporting One. You can send it through on the Facebook page, The Sporting One, or you can send it through on Twitter, one underscore sporting. And, of course, this podcast is available on Anchor, CastBox, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Hados, enjoy your long weekend and your holiday in Queensland this weekend, mate. Thanks, mate. We'll uh, be staying in touch. Beautifully done by you tonight. And, um, yeah, a huge watch on JLT too. That's uh, going to bring us more fascination for, for next week. Yeah, definitely. And that's kicking off tomorrow night. So we'll speak to you next week.